everybody. This is Mark. I just got done with the best intro to a podcast I have ever done. And I looked down at my equipment and realized that I had forgotten to press record. <laughs> so you're going to get a warmed over version. It probably won't be nearly as good. I put everything I had into that intro and it's just gone forever. Oh, well. It's Monday, the Monday after Easter. We had a great day yesterday. We had a packed outhouse. Wait a second, a packed outhouse. We had an outhouse that was packed. We don't even use an outhouse. <laughs> we had a church house that was full, pleasantly full yesterday. And it was a good feeling. We sang more songs than we normally do. And the message, if I do say so myself, was dynamite. <laughs> well, anyway, we'll talk a little bit about that today. But I want to talk to you, as you saw in the title, about the subject, God in the Games. I had a conversation with a mother this last weekend that I think would be instructive for us to talk about. God in the Games. You've heard the phrase, the devil is in the details. Well, did you know that God is in the games that's what we're going to talk about so stick with me i'm going to take a breath and take a sip of my coffee and get right into today's episode hang tight all right well i hope you guys had a great easter weekend do you get tired like i do of all of the nonsense I don't remember as a kid growing up having people argue about whether you should call it Easter. It's not Easter, it's Easter, and it's a pagan festival, <laughs> no, all that kind of stuff. Like, honestly, I just, the only people who care about that are those who have a background in Christianity and are now no longer Christians, and so they think they found some exciting, you know, um, kryptonite for Christianity and so they they want to post on social media about how it's not about it's not Easter it's Ishtar and it's a pagan thing and Christians are worshiping a pagan god it's like no you knucklehead Christianity yes redeemed this word Easter and I know I know all about the word in the book of Acts and the King James Bible and all of that but can I just tell you something who the heck cares <laughs> seriously get over it. Get over it. It's like you people that want to argue about whether whether you should use the word church. And I have a whole episode on the use of the word church. It's like, just stop. These are not conversations that make the unsaved world stop, perk up their ears and say, I would like to know more about your Jesus. I did want to be saved, but when I found out that Christians celebrated Ishtar, I said, no way. I'm already pagan. Why would I want to join a religion that's pagan? Nobody says that. And nobody even talks like that. It's a completely made up accent. Anyway, Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, candy scramble, Easter eggs. I don't care. We had an awesome Easter Resurrection Sunday. It was a good time. Yeah, it was a good time. Speaking of Easter eggs... I love Cadbury eggs. My wife and I are both fans of Cadbury, Cadbury eggs. However, as much as she likes them, she prefers, I wonder how many of you are this way. She prefers the caramel, caramel, caramel filled 
versions of the Cadbury eggs, while I like the original white, creamy yolk of the uh, Cadbury eggs. I haven't decided whether I like the bite size ones or the original size eggs, although those are also nearly bite size, actually. But I do love Cadbury eggs. I love Cadbury eggs. I love the cordial cherries that are that are available around Christmas time and Valentine's Day, the chocolate-covered cherries. I love that. Do you know what? There's actually a lot of similarity between the filling of an of a original Cadbury egg and there are no originals. The original Cadbury egg and uh, the, uh, the, the, the filling around or the, uh, that glorious goodness around the cherry inside of the uh, chocolate-covered cherries in those red cordial cherry boxes. I don't even know what I'm going to talk about today. I'm just thinking about candy. I'm thinking about chocolate-covered cherries and Cadbury eggs. And I'm thinking how sad it must be for people whose faith they, they, they take to such an extreme that they can't even enjoy a Cadbury egg, lest they be associated with Ishtar. I'll eat your egg for you. How about that? I will. I'll, I, will eat, I will eat your egg. Yeah. Anyway, sometimes Christians take themselves too seriously. I have said for years that the reason I tell jokes and the reason that I use humor is because I'm very serious about what I do. I'm convinced that people who are always angry, I, I, was, just re, I was just watching uh, an online message from a service yesterday in which the man was desperately trying to convince young people that he was had the joy of the Lord. And the, the dude looked like he was constipated the entire time he was preaching. Um, here's the deal. I think that the more serious and the better you understand something, the easier it is to just relax and chill and have some fun doing it. You watch any professional who knows their sport and who knows their, their thing and you are able to relax. I'm trying to learn the violin right now. This all does tie together. I'm trying to learn the violin. I've been doing it for about two years. It's getting easier. But here is, here is what my teacher says to me over and over. Mark, tension is the enemy. Tension is the enemy. And you watch someone who has been playing violin for years, and they are a master at it, and they are relaxed. And one of the things you normally see is just pure joy on their face. And emotion, they, they have such a good time. And I think it's good for Christians to enjoy what they do. And I'm always a little bit suspicious of someone who just seems to be a little too serious all the time. Like, I'm not sure what you're covering up for, but um, maybe just relax a bit, dude, or do that. I don't even know if people say dude. Whenever I say dude, my kids are like, dad, no one says dude anymore. Well, I still say, I still say dude. And, uh, so, what are we going to talk about today? Oh, yeah, God in the games. God in the games. Well, I had an interesting conversation with a mother of a teenage girl. It's in our church. They're, they're coming. They're visiting. They're not members yet, but I'm excited about the impact and having the, uh, the young people in our church. They've come to a few of our youth group activities in, in the past, and I was meeting with them on Saturday morning, uh, yes, uh, this weekend, as I was trying to prepare our church for our upcoming um, uh, pagan uh, festival um, Sunday morning. And um, 
I mentioned to her that we had an upcoming youth activity and that it would be on a given Sunday night at the end, at the end of uh, April. I have recently uh, led our church into the cessation. We are now cessationists. We have seceded. We have assessed. We have stopped, ceased our Sunday night services indefinitely. <gasps> oh no, they're dying. Oh no, they're liberal. Um, so we have ceased our effective, uh, actually Easter Sunday was the very first one. Funny story. Years ago, I actually preached a message on how, if you're going to cancel a church service on Easter, you might as well do the one on Sunday morning. Cause Jesus actually showed up amongst his church on Easter on resurrection night. Yeah. I've preached that more than once actually. So, <laughs> and how Thomas wasn't there. Thomas wasn't in church on Sunday night and he didn't get to see Jesus. So... Um, yeah, we're changing the name of our church to Thomas Baptist Church, I guess. Um, but at any rate, so I mentioned to this mom that we were, we had made that change and that that didn't mean we weren't going to be doing some things on some Sunday nights. But one of the things we were going to do is uh, have some youth group activities periodically on, on some Sunday nights. And I said, Hey, you know, get your kids involved in that. You know, I encourage you to be here and to have them there. And this mom said to me, she said, yeah, mm, so my, my biggest complaint about the youth group, I love it when conversations start like that. My biggest complaint is I wish there was more God. And I said, interesting. Can you elaborate? And she said, yeah, like your youth group activities, they don't have any devotionals or any preaching. Like I grew up having preaching at our youth group activities. I mean, sure, if you'd had basketball or games or something, but you always sat down and preached, you know, preached at the kids. And, and, I, and I just wish they had more God. I mean, if you have lost kids come to the, to the youth group activity, like how else are they going to hear about God? And I, by, by the way, I'm not mocking her at all because I get what she's saying. I also, I too, am a man like thee. I, I too grew up where, uh, at least in my teen years, where youth group was primarily preaching. In fact, they preached at us coming and going every, every which way possible. And the majority of the kids who came to our youth group don't even go to church anymore. I'm not saying it's because they preached at them in youth, in, in youth group. I'm just saying it wasn't a golden ticket. It wasn't the thing. And I said to this mom, I said, look, most of the kids that come to our youth group come to services. They used to come three times a week, but now we're liberal, so they can only come twice. But they come to Sunday school, they come to Sunday morning, and they come to Wednesday night, which for those of you Pharisees is still three to thrive. Uh, it's just not three on Sunday. Anyway, um, I said, they hear a lot of preaching. What I want them to do is to enjoy experiencing God in the games. And she looked at me like she didn't understand. And I said, listen, I'm not sure why we think that a monologue of preaching is exposing young people to God somehow separately from 
the activities that we do, the games that we play, how we play the games, our interactions in the games. I want our young people to recognize and to understand God is in the games. That to be in the presence of God is to have fun and to enjoy that. And I said, even if, and you know, if they invite their Christian friends to church or to a youth group, if their Christian friends or their non-Christian friends rather have had any experience with church, they're probably coming expecting to get preached at. They're already on guard. And I want to totally disarm them by saying, hey, I'm glad you're here. We're going to have a blast. We're going to pray over our food. We're going to, uh, most of the time, our activities take place at the church already. And we're going to do some things. We're going to have fun. And I want these unsaved, unchurched young people to experience what it is to have good, clean fun. To experience the joy of the Lord. To experience God in the games. This is one of the reasons that we made the decision to, uh, to cancel our Sunday night services, by the way. It wasn't because I'm attempting to go liberal. It wasn't because uh, I thought, you know, um, that it's not viable anymore. There are a lot of reasons that we did it, but one of the reasons that we chose to do it was because I'm trying to create space. Our church, we have Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. There are four hour-long time slots that the congregation congregates. The group of believers gathers together four times a week for four hours total. And it makes up 95% of the time we spend together. And I think that's true for a lot of churches, especially a lot of traditional and a lot of smaller churches, right? Well, so Sundays are packed. Three of those hours take place on Sunday alone. And I told our congregation, I said, you know, you guys that come to all of those services, first of all, thank you. God bless you for your faithfulness. But the entirety of our time together is spent you coming and sitting on a chair and letting somebody talk to you about the Bible. You know, like for that mom, we're giving you God four hours a week. And we don't spend time together, gathered together, rarely do, doing anything else but just listening to more teaching and preaching. And I want to find a way for us to be able to do Christianity together, to do life together, where we can experience the joy of the Lord. There's a place for preaching and teaching. But God is as much in the games, at least he ought to be, as much in the games as he is in the preaching. And to my pastor friends, I would, and, and enemies, I would say to you, for one, most people are not as excited listening to us bloviate as we are. You know, I, many, many times you get the idea that pastors really love to listen to themselves talk. I know it to be true because there have been a lot of times after one of my messages, I'm like, daggone. I mean, I don't want to brag, but that was good. And I'll run home and I'll ask my wife, say, hey, how about that message today? And you know what my wife says? Hmm, yeah, I think it went well. Nowhere near the level of excitement that I think it deserved. 
And yes, there are people, usually the weird ones, who will meet you after church and tell you what a, wow, what a powerful message that was. And they'll come back next week for another powerful message. But if you watch them, you see very little growth or change in their life. I'm not trying to minimize preaching. The preaching of the cross is powerful. But preaching isn't all we're supposed to do, nor is it necessarily the primary thing we should do. It is one of the things we should do. You know, to you know, to look at the early church in, in Acts chapter 2, you know, they continued daily in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking bread and prayers. And only one of those things it was a quarter of what they did. Fellowship and breaking bread and praying together. There was fun. And you know, eating is supposed to be fun. Food is supposed to be fun. You check out the feasts in the Old Testament, especially that one, remember where, you know, if you, if you had a long way to go, then take all your sacrifices and sell them and just carry the money. And when you get to where you're going, then buy whatever your heart desires and sit down before the Lord and just have a time before the Lord. God is in the games. I've talked a lot about God being a God of, of joy and in his presence is joy forevermore. I, I just mentioned that on Wednesday again. And I, and as I talked to this mom, I said, listen, we've, we've seen, I've seen generations of youth group activities that are nothing but preaching. I could tell you about one locally that emphasized uh, emphasized preaching at their monthly youth activities more than they did anything else in fact they would oftentimes advertise games and fellowship but then the preaching would go so long there wouldn't be any games or fellowship and people stopped coming well nobody likes preaching anymore dude nobody likes that much preaching all the time like we can't absorb but just so much but what we do want is to Go have a good time. And again, men, I'm one of you, but we have a better time in our preaching than most of the people listening to us. <laughs> Be honest with yourself. If, if the Apostle Paul could put someone to sleep because he preached for so long, I think we, we, we could do the same ourselves. God is in the games. I want to challenge you this week. And this episode won't be as long today, but I, because we're, we're just about 20 minutes in and usually go about 30 minutes, but maybe I'll find something to ramble about. But I want to, I want to challenge you this week to look for God in the joyful things. Look for God in the games. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Look for joy. Look for fun. Gather together maybe with your youth group and say, if you're in the habit of having a, a devotional time, just take one. I'm not saying that, you know, change it or don't do any of it, but, but just take one and say, look, all we're going to do tonight is I want you to come. We are going to have nothing but fun, food and fun. And remind them the fun we're having and the joy we're experiencing our time together, the laughter, the competition, the excitement, the pleasure of eating pizza till you're about to burst. This is a gift 
from God. Young people, God, and, and say to them, as I've said to my young people, young people, God is not just in the Sunday morning church service. God is not just in the sermon. God is in the fun. God is in the games. God is a God who desires to be part of every part of our life. He goes with us everywhere we go, and he delights in having fun. One of the things, you know, I know that nowhere in the New Testament do we find reference to Jesus laughing or telling jokes. So I, I've heard people, you know, get a little bit offended at the chosen episodes where Jesus has a sense of humor, like as if as if that's hard for us to imagine. I'm not going to get into defending that. I'm just going to say we do know from the King James Bible that little children loved Jesus enough to climb up into his lap. And here's what I know about little children. They don't like grumpy people. I have some nephews and nieces. I can say nephews now. I have some nephews and nieces that I see every few months for birthday parties. And let me tell you about those nephews and nieces. They love roughhousing and playing games. They love it more even than Uncle Mark is capable of after my back surgery. But they love it. Kids love. And, and by the way, if you get angry and you're somber and you're 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 just pouting, kids are going to try to do a couple of things. One, if they know you already, they're going to try to cheer you up. If they don't know you, they're going to stay away from you because nobody likes a mean old man or a mean old woman. And kids like happy people. You're never going to convince me that Jesus didn't have a smile on his face. He was an emotional guy. And little children loved him. And common people heard him gladly. God is in the games. God is in the fun. God is in your message, sir. I'm not telling you he's not. I hope that he is. God is in your traditions. Sure, why not? But that mom said to me, my only complaint is that I wish there was more God in our youth group activities. And my response to her was, ma'am, God is in all of our youth activities. The mistake is you thinking that God is only in a prepared speech and not in a game of Scrabble or a game of hide and seek or kick the can or charades or sitting around a table eating pizza and chips and root beer. God's there too. God is right there. He's in the games. And sometimes I wonder if he's not more often visible in the games than we think. I think if we look for him, we'll see him there. If you're going to have family game night this week, Sit around while you're playing your, you know, Mad Gabs or Monopoly. Well, God's not in Monopoly. The devil's in Monopoly, that's for sure. Any game that you play where you have fun and you're laughing and you're rejoicing and people are laughing till their sides hurt because of this thing or that thing. And as you're eating your snacks and having your games, I want you to stop and look and listen and say, Hey, God, thanks for being here in all of this fun. When you listen to little children in Sunday school or in youth group or the teenagers in youth group laughing and loud talking and having a blast at the competition and the cheering and all of that, you are experiencing God. 
because God is in the games. I'm asking you and, and encouraging you. I'm giving you permission to go out and experience God in the games. You can keep preaching. That's okay. Do it. You can even keep having devotions at all of your youth group activities. That's not wrong. Where we make our mistakes is when we think, well, this is the God part. This is the fun part. We're Christians. It's all the God part. He is the reason we do all that we do. God is in the games. So go out this week and have fun to the glory of God and show young people, show your church that when we rejoice together and when we celebrate and have time together, God is there. He's right there. God is in the games. Anyway, everybody, I'm going to sign off now. I was trying to see if I was going to say check out, so that's why I said sign off. (laughs) I hope you have a great week. Thank you so much for listening. Go ahead and check out, again, my Patreon page. Remember about the opportunity to sign up for the selective 10-member only. Uh, opportunity to have a monthly call where we will seek to have our walk with Christ increase, to grow, experience victories and challenges and pray for one another and build a community there that I know would be beneficial. Check that out. Patreon.com forward slash this poor pastor. I'll see you next week.